0: Warning. Listening to this podcast could be hazardous to your mental health. Side effects could include. Random fits of yelling go bills to total strangers. For your safety. The entire collective medical community recommends caution when consuming this podcast. You are listening to Buffalo on the
1: Brain with the most unathletic man in Bill's Mafia, Vince Taylor.
0: Well, that sucked. But at least we are not the Chiefs.
2: What is up, Bill's Mafia? How are you doing on this wonderful Monday? I hope you had some time this week to sit back and process what we saw last week and maybe what you're seeing today on Sunday. You are listening to Buffalo in the Brain. I am your host, Vince Taylor. You are listening to me on the Built in Buffalo podcast network, where we have brand new content for you every single day of the week, literally every single day of the week and twice on Sundays. That's not even talking about the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel. Lots of great content over there. We always have something for your ears, so please tune us in, check us out, like, subscribe, leave a thoughtful review. But let's get started. I know last week we had a just a heartbreaking loss and just lots of reasons for that. You know, we can talk about the terrible misholding calls on that one long Derrick Henry run, we can talk about the decision to go it on fourth and forth the one, which by the way, was the right decision. Uh, at the time, immediately after, of course I was upset. Of course I was upset. I wanted a pass play there. I wanted, I wanted to be aggressive and try and score. And I thought Josh could always scramble for one yard. But, you know, a minute passed and, and I had to agree. That's the right call. You have Josh Allen. You have inches to go. That's what you do. It's unfortunate that we didn't get it. It does look like... He His right foot slipped and didn't get any traction in propelling him forward, and that was probably the difference in that play and the game. But lots of blame to go around. I don't want to put any blame on the offense in this one. I know that we can talk about how settling for field goals is a recipe for disaster, but the offense scored enough points. This was a winnable game, and yes, we would have liked to see more conversions. That's been a problem all season, but this was a game where... Ryan Tannehill was the most sack quarterback in the NFL, 20 times going into this game. And we couldn't get to him. We affected a few passes, sure. But we should have been piling up the sacks. With all the investment that we have made in this defensive line, we couldn't get home to sack Ryan Tannehill in this game. And that is more concerning to me. I don't even mind giving up rushing yards to Derrick Henry. Maybe I don't like the wrong run, but... This was a game that should have been should have played out differently, and I believe in my heart of hearts, this game goes differently. Probably eight times out of ten, the Bills are the better team, and I'm watching this and I'm recording this on Sunday afternoon, where the Titans are up big on the Chiefs. By the way, I really despise the Titans. I wasn't a fan of them anyway. But they've moved up to just a notch below the Patriots and the Cowboys for me, just for trying that ridiculous troll job on the kickoff, trying to do another Music City Miracle, where the refs called this one correctly where they hadn't in I think it was 1998, 1999. But just for them to attempt it was really trollish job, and I have such hate for this team and the coach as well. But Back to the game. Josh did his part. Josh did his part. We went away from the running game a little bit. um, And I wasn't completely dissatisfied with the running game. I don't understand why we, we were supposed to be going with the hot hand, or that's what we keep hearing. But when Singletary gets the hot hand, we go away from him. We go back to Moss. I don't get that. I don't get... Singletary has had fumbling problems. Absolutely. Not in this game. He was the better runner in this game. And we went away from him because we have to get Moss's carries. And that's not what hot hand means to me. And that's not what we're doing with the running back. So not that I want the running backs to be a bigger part of the game. I don't necessarily need to run more. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you know, I want to see the bills pass probably 75% of the time. Josh did his job completed 75% of his passes, 350 yards, three TDs. He did have that one pick. Uh, picks a pick, you know, it maybe necessarily wasn't on Josh, but a pick is a pick. And ultimately the score was what it was, you know, going forward on fourth and one. I was a little bit happy. I know, I know I was happy on the holding call when that McKenzie kickoff return touchdown got called back because we left a lot of time on the clock and we had been praising this defense so much going into this game that I just felt like that was, the defense wasn't performing and that was way too much time left on the clock. They were going to come down and score. If that kickoff didn't go, we didn't drive down the field and get our touchdown there, they were going to come back and score. They had scored in six consecutive drives. They were going to score one more time. And for all of the talking and all the pumping up about this defense, I was always a little bit of a naysayer. Not necessarily thinking that the defense was bad, but I think the numbers were skewed and I don't think the defense was necessarily as good as it looked on paper because we'd faced all the backup quarterbacks. We faced Ben Roethlisberger, who's bad. We faced Davis mills, who's third string on that team, who is not very good. We faced a Tyler Henneke who's fine, but he's not a starting caliber quarterback. We faced the dolphins and Jacoby Brissett is better than he's getting credit for at this moment. But that offensive line is absolutely terrible. And the pass rush disappears. It disappears at time for as much as I love group. And listen, I'm still very high in group, but he is part of a rotation. He doesn't get in there as much. I'm still high on Jerry Hughes. I was confused as, you know, Epineza, for this being maybe a game where we want to focus on the run game. And having A.J. Epinesa be a, a healthy scratch and inactive, an I didn't necessarily have strong feelings about that. Although I do think Epinesa is the much more valuable player between him and Boogie Basham. But this was a game where I think Boogie could have been valuable. Because I do not like what I see out of Boogie Basham so far. He's not a guy who beats his block. He doesn't. When he gets his sack... It's because the quarterback holds the ball too long, and it's a coverage sack. He's not a beat your def- or he's not a beat your blocker type guy. He's a try hard and go hard for a long time type player. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because his technique is bad. I don't know if it's because he's still got to develop and, and get used to facing you know some NFL quality tackles. I don't know. Somebody smarter than me has the answers for that. But I, I don't like what I see at a boogie. So. I think if Boogie was going to have a lot of value, though, this was the game because he is good at not giving up ground, and he can be a valuable run defender. I think that's my feeling. Um, but I know a lot of people are upset about AJ Epinenza being inactive because he's the better pass rusher. While I agree with that for this specific game plan, I I don't I don't mind him sitting. I think if you want to lay blame, it's because the other pass rushers on the team that are supposed to be so great didn't get their jobs done. And, you know, that includes Jerry, that includes Mario, that includes F.E. Obada, that includes Groot. Kind of processing some of our feelings uh, against this bad Titans loss, but it was a close game. We beat the Chiefs and we were so high. We were just so high on that Chiefs win the week before because to us, that was a big win. I think Bruce Nolan said about the Chiefs, beat the boogeyman before they become the boogeyman. We may have a new boogeyman right now. With the Tennessee Titans. And it's just so easy to hate them right now. But at least we played them tighter, right? I still felt they were a good team. I felt that was, at the beginning of the year, I felt like this was going to be a tough game. I thought there was a pretty good chance we could lose it. After watching a few games this season, I thought it was still going to be a tough game, but I thought the Bills had a better average chance to win. In fact, I was pretty confident in predicting a win. I wasn't real consistent on how many points I wanted to predict them to score. I think I settled on 17, but I think at one point I was saying 28, and I was still picking a win. But we have a new boogeyman, I think, right now. And I don't think this boogeyman is as scary as the Chiefs of 2019 or 2020. I do not think the Tennessee Titans are a better football team than the Buffalo Bills despite the win this week. But do I think we should be completely overlooking them? I don't know. I think the Titans are still the Titans. I said last week we need to be careful because they were a top 10 scoring offense despite all the problems that they have had up to this point in the year with injuries. And you can point to Ryan Tannehill being sacked and his low touchdown numbers, and they're still getting it done with Derrick Henry. They still were scoring points, even if the defense wasn't necessarily what you'd like to have as a Super Bowl contending team. They're still a good team. They're not an AFC top tier contender, but they're a good playoff team. And we saw that this week. And we're seeing it today against the Chiefs. Anyway, uh, that is enough. That's enough wallowing in, in our misery. This game was a week ago. It's time to move on. We're on a bye week. Next up, we have what should be just what the doctor ordered. We have a get well game with Miami, Miami, Miami is struggling right now and Tua is back and the calls for Tua to not be the guy or be the guy. I think the fact that you even have that conversation is always a huge red flag. And this week you saw Brian Flores come out and say Tua is our quarterback. Just the fact that he has to say that means there's some doubt in the organization, in the fans' minds. And we know from last year, even in the locker room. So I don't mean to bag on Tua too much. In, in my guys over from the two amigos podcast on dolphins talk.com. I know they're very, very strong to fans, but that trade for D- Deshaun Watson. Hey, listen, I think Deshaun Watson is a top five, top seven quarterback. He's a special talent. I have a lot of respect for him, but there is no way I would touch him with a 100 foot pole at this point. And the, all the, the rumors that we saw this week, the, the, the trade is eminent that It's going to happen anytime, but the Dolphins want him. And I don't know where that comes from. Marcel Louis-Jacques has been at Miami for five minutes, and supposedly he has sources telling him that there's no truth to that. Of course they're going to say there's no truth to that until the deal happens because they don't want to uh, publicly come out and say that for many reasons. One of them is which you still have Tua, and for right now the trade is not done. He is your starting quarterback. For two, man, if you embrace – guy like Deshaun Watson right now you're taking a lot of baggage on with you and I think by saying yeah Deshaun Watson is our guy and we believe in him you're setting yourself up for huge huge public relations massive just bad press all over the place because you're supporting a guy who is not been found guilty yet but it doesn't look good that he's completely innocent of all of these charges against him and by the way there are some criminal charges against him. And a grand jury has been convened. This will most likely not be settled until February. So I doubt he's going to play. I know I saw a note today that said even if he's traded, he will not be taken and put on the exempt list. As an outsider looking at, I, I don't see it. And I am... If the Dolphins were to make that trade, there is a very high likelihood that they could be giving up all those premium picks to bring on, yes, that amazing talent, but that amazing talent may never see the field for him or may miss some significant time. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he doesn't play at all for 2022. He might not at all play uh, for the rest of 2021. And I, I just have a hard time seeing my way to that. So we have, The get right game against the Dolphins. The defense is not playing well. Defense is good. I I think they have a lot of good pieces on there. They're down on their defensive line right now. I don't think they love their linebackers, but that secondary is really good. That offense is that offense is not good. And I think Brissett is still the better quarterback. I understand the move to Tua. And I understand you gotta just try it. You gotta figure it out. You gotta give them some more starts. But but the Dolphins are down. I think that even that the fact that there's talk about that the Watson trade it came from somewhere. I don't think all the reporters got together and made this up. I I think that there's enough disarray and discontent right now. And honestly, Brian Flores has not been great. And we read today an article that said that he could be on the hot seat. And for all the credit that he got for being a good coach a couple of years ago, he really did not do a good job last year. And yes, it's unfortunate this year uh, to has got hurt, I guess, if you want to give him some credit, but he's not been great. And there hasn't been a lot of great coaches come from that bill Belichick coaching tree, honestly. So could you imagine if Brian Dable went to the dolphins? Ugh, I don't even want to talk about that anyway. We have real or silly, as we do every week, with my guy Justin. Got it over from the Wandering Buffalo. He's one half of that amazing podcast, which comes out on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Now, we also have a roundtable this week. I didn't want to do a traditional hot seat this week because honestly, I get tired of trying to get schedules matched up and people saying that they want to get in it and not doing it. And, uh, it was easier for me just to get a few of my built-in brother, built-in Buffalo brothers and sister. And my guy, Jeremy, is always up for me whenever I send up the bass signal. He's always there for me. So special thanks to Jeremy, who is now back of the herd and one half of Process on Tap. That's a great podcast. I've always admired Jeremy's wits, um and it's just he's got a, a little bit of humility in him too. So I, I but I've always been a fan of Jeremy's. And now he's got another great co-host, um, Hansel, Uber Hansen, uh does a good job as well. He's kind of the more serious side of the podcast, but I highly encourage you to search out Process on Tap and check them out. Without further ado, here is Real or Silly with Justin Goddard. Hello, I have a fun game for y'all today. It's called Is It Real or Is It Silly?
1: silly adjective laughable or amusing through foolishness or a foolish appearance
3: is that for
4: real is it real silliness okay is it real wow
2: silliness is defined as engaging in a ludicrous folly ladies and gentlemen back again in real or silly you know him, you love him. He's one half of the Wandering Buffalo, which you can find now on Wednesdays and Thursdays. It was once described as getting a bonus chicken nugget in your French fries. Justin Goddard, how are you?
3: Uh, I'm doing good. Um, a little a little bit of a rough night, but overall I thought the game last night was, was pretty entertaining. Obviously not the result that we wanted, but it was kind of nice throughout the game to... To be feeling that heart rate up and the nerves, and we haven't really—I mean, we had that a little bit in the Pittsburgh game, but the last few weeks of these these really dominating wins were really fun. But game last night, obviously, I want to see us win, but the the feelings of that the highs and the lows is is part of what I really like about football. So it, it was a fun game, albeit with the disappointing result. I have decided
2: that I like blowouts. Much more than I do close games. And I like blowouts at one o'clock even more. That's what I learned last night.
3: Yeah, I, we're, we're fully on the same train for the, the one o'clock starts. Um, I actually was watching the game with Andrew last night. And uh, well, first of all, we decided that we can't ever watch a game together again because it's obviously you no know, bad luck, but... Towards the end of the game, he, he showed me his, his Apple Watch. His heart rate was at like a one thirty. I was like, Jeepers, this isn't good for our health.
2: Yeah, that was intense. And I might be saying different things this morning had we been able to hang on and you know just get that other six inches. But yeah, that was uh it was a game that should not have been that close to begin with. And I, secretly I was happy when McKenzie's touchdown got nullified because I thought that's way too much time on the clock. They're just going to come down and score again. We need to control that. And we did, and we got down there and we just couldn't finish it off.
3: Yeah. it's a tough way to go out. Uh, I mean, ultimately I I agree with that decision to go for it on fourth and, and go for the win. You obviously want a different result, but I commend McDermott. I respect him for having the gumption to make that decision. Um, i I even agree with the play call. I agree with all of it except, you know, the results. So, you know, it is what it is. Wish it went differently, but on to the bye week, get nice and healthy, come back out and attack Tua again. That's right. We get to take a week off, lick our wounds,
2: get our head straight, and go out there and break some more ribs. Yeah.
3: Metaphorically speaking.
2: That one, and not necessarily not necessarily metaphorically, but uh, let's just say smack to it around again.
3: Yeah, but, I will enjoy that.
2: <laughs> all right. We're going to get right to it. Question one. Jess and Goddard, are the Bills? Well, the Bills still are in the driver's seat for the number one overall seat. Is that real or is that silly?
3: Uh, I'm going to say this one is real real and you know part of me wants to take a little half step back after a loss to the titans um but the way i'm kind of looking at it is you know despite other than the one run from derrick henry we pretty well held him in check and you know that's gonna end up being a playoff team in the titans they're gonna win that division Uh, i think the chiefs are gonna be another playoff team and you know we start looking around at chargers browns you know, some of the other teams that are going to be there, you know, I think our defense struggled a bit last night. um, But I think overall on both sides of the ball, we have enough going on um, in all the phases of the game versus some of the other teams that are a little bit weaker in some areas. Um, So I think the Pittsburgh game now looks really fluky as a loss based on, you know, some of the other games that have happened. The the Titans game is one that I had as a loss before the season started, and I've switched it to a win prediction, but even factoring that in, I, I had them losing three games this year. Um, one was to the Titans, one was to the Chiefs, and one was to a team that I hadn't figured out yet, so... We got the the one that I hadn't figured out. We got the Titans lost and we we beat the Chiefs. So, as far as I'm concerned, we're still on track for 14 and 3 and the way some of these other teams have started, I just I think there's going to be too much ground to to catch up on if we do what we're supposed to do.
2: Yeah, I agree. Now, obviously this team is I don't even think this team has played their best football yet. We're still 4 and 2. We should have we very well could have won the Pittsburgh and Tennessee games. Yes the pass rush completely disappears at times. And that's not ideal. You know, I'd like to see that be a little bit more consistent. I have a lot of questions about how the offensive line is going to hold up. If we were to have an injured corner, that could completely change the whole perception of the defense. So there's, I don't want to relax too much, but looking at the schedule ahead, how am I going to find more than two or possibly three more losses here? And I don't think I can. I I think that the driver's road to the number one overall seat still has to go through Buffalo. And I don't care if you're the chiefs or the, you're the Ravens or you're the chargers. You're still looking at us and you're still worried about us.
3: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the pass rush there. Cause this is something that we haven't really seen from the bills before and not really a ton of teams that I've ever really seen do it. It's like, it it seems like, Not only the game plans are week to week on the opponent, but now they're kind of not only rotating players throughout the game, but also week to week. And I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, Epinesa and Basham being inactive when our pass rush struggled so much yesterday.
2: Well, Obata over Epinesa actually makes it a little sense to me. Apaneza doesn't feel like he is a guy that's going to set that edge as well as Obata. You know, Obata is closer to Boogie than he is to, uh, I guess, Jerry, Jerry Hughes. But Boogie not being active, that's probably for my eyes and you know my very, for whatever my opinions worth, that looks to be Boogie's strength right now is. Is maybe sealing off that end. He doesn't feel like he's a great pass rusher. This feels like a game that might have benefited from having him in there. So I, I'm more upset about the boogie Basham than I am about the AJ Penenza.
3: Yeah, I I think I would agree with you to an extent there. I just I look at a team in the Titans that through what five games allowed twenty sacks, and not only did we have zero sacks yesterday, we weren't even really sniffing at Tannehill. He was he was hanging out back there. And, you know, I think it was kind of game plan specific to, you know, number one priority is shutting down Derrick Henry. And if we take out the 76 yard run, I think overall we did a pretty good job of containing him. Um, But it's just kind of interesting to see, you know, something that we really focused on taking away the run. And it was almost at the detriment of having any pass rush um, the only, the only thing I can really remember is, uh, Harrison Phillips put a pretty good lick on Ryan Tannehill, but he still got the ball away. It was a completion. It was a first down, all that. So interesting to see what they do with, with those lineups going forward.
2: This would, I would say to be the first game that Jerry Hughes popped to me where I noticed him, I had noticed him so far this season. This was, he, he he was doing Jerry Hughes of last year and just scaring the quarterback a little bit, but not necessarily closing the deal.
3: Right. Right.
2: Okay. On to question number two. Question two. So I just talked about how I have concerns. You might have different concerns, but I have concerns over the interior offensive line. I have concerns about cornerback depth. I don't think we're necessarily looking to add any more pieces on the defensive line, but Brandon bean is going to make a trade at the trade deadline. Is that real or silly?
3: Um, So I would love to say real here, but I think this one is going to be silly. A bunch of silliness. Um, I think they've kind of shown through the off season where their priorities lie. And I think if they wanted to go out and and get a cornerback, it probably would have been done. Um, you had, you had some names in free agency. I know you and I particularly were interested in Steven Nelson. Um, there was plenty of plenty of room to go after a cornerback in the draft. Um, I think the two major positions that we could upgrade right now still remain cornerback two and, and our guards. Uh, but when you start looking around at the league, there, there's already so much struggle to find, like even above average guard play in the league. Um, there's a lot more kind of just passable starters than really top-notch guards out there. Um, so to to have a team have one of those players and be willing to sell them, I just... It's not to say that I don't think Brandon Bean's going to make some phone calls. I just don't necessarily think the market is going to bear any fruit for him?
2: Well, I don't necessarily think he's going to go out there and find like a all pro or even a starter level piece. But if there's a player out there, that's I'm on the last year of my deal, or I'm a veteran and maybe I'm a team that's just not very good. And and I want to shed the rest of these game checks you know, I want to try to save a few money and maybe I can pick up a sixth or maybe even a fifth for getting rid of this guy. I would entertain something like that. And I think that's what Brandon Bean would be looking at. Of course, we know Brandon Bean likes his draft picks, but this is also a buy now window. So if he's looking for corners or if he's looking for interior pieces, it's not going to be bringing in Richard Sherman. I know he's gone, but I'm having a hard time coming up with a name <laughs> as an example, but uh, bringing in a, a caliber or free agent or something like that, but a lower you know, tier backup piece might be something that I think he looks at.
3: Yeah. And I could see something like that happening. Uh, maybe not something that's really making a giant splash. Uh, part of the part of the problem I have with that line of thinking is I just I feel like the trade deadline is a little bit too early in the NFL and teams really wanting to become sellers. You know, we have, we have two weeks until the trade deadline right now. Um, So how many teams are really looking at the part of the season that they're already throwing in the towel and thinking about becoming sellers? You know, these, these teams want to go out and compete until they're mathematically eliminated. And then you start seeing some of their, future pieces come in and whatnot um so i think it would be more beneficial if the trade deadline was a few weeks later and you could see some movement like that i just i just don't see too many pieces and we don't see huge movement at the trade deadline typically that's you know a few few big names around the league um and i think that's part of the reason why is you know teams aren't really looking towards the future in what week week seven you got to be ready to throw in the towel on the season.
2: There are some teams I think that are ready to throw in the towel, <laughs> uh, I, but a couple. Yeah. It, I I don't, I don't think it's likely, but I'm for sure 100% believe that he's checking in. I, I think Brandon Bean likes his draft picks too much and especially his fifth and sixth rounders. You know, if we're talking about fifth and sixth rounders, we're talking about, uh, it was, uh, Marquez Stevenson you know that's a fifth round pick Tommy Doyle that's a fifth round pick so it's not very likely but i i do think the potential is
3: there. I, I would love to see some action uh the the trade deadline's always a little bit of uh it's a day that I get really excited for you know maybe we'll see some big moves today and and it, it always seems to go kind of quietly so i would love to see you know just that one extra step of buy-in to you know say we're really going after the super bowl this year you know maybe the piece that we really need is you know that that veteran depth cornerback in case somebody goes down so i would love to see something happen i just i'm not sold on it
2: okay on to question number three i had something written down here but i'm going i think i want to change it up and maybe the way that i asked the question is. At the heart of it is it's still the same question, but I think I want to ask it a different way.
0: Question
2: 3. Justin Goddard. The offense is the blame for the game last night or the loss last night? Is that real or
3: silly? I I think that one is beyond silly. A bunch of silliness. Um I'm I I was talking to a couple people today and I'm hearing some slander on Josh and, you know, in particular, him not finishing the last play and leaving a couple throws out there and whatnot and, you know, throwing an interception. And it's like, well, when we start looking at the game objectively, I mean, he went out and what he had 12 incompletions on the day on, I think it was 47 attempts, threw for something like 355 yards had three touchdowns. The dude went out there and had a receiving touchdown. You know, I just feel like the offense went out there and they did their thing. And, you know, the defenses looked really good so far this year. And I don't, I don't want to go too down on the defense, but they, they didn't do their job yesterday. And were there some, were there some things that the offense could clean up? And, you know, we had the one drive, where we we got it and did three plays and ended up hunting on like fourth and 18. Like, yeah, the the offense left some plays out there. Um, But I mean, you're talking a defense that after the first quarter didn't stop the Titans from scoring on a single drive for the remainder of the game. So I, I think it's never a situation where it's, you know, hundred percent offense, hundred percent defense. It's, It's a team game and you have to have all, all the phases of the game click together um but the the percentage blame is it's nowhere near 50% for the offense
2: yeah i put <clears throat> excuse me i put more blame on the defense as well it, they should have faced it on an offensive line feels like it feels like they didn't i mean it was very disappointing they, they didn't get the sand hill not one time. There's a few hurries in there, and he was affected at some points in the game, but not consistently enough. And, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm with you. This, I, I went to bed angry, <laughs> and it wasn't at the offense, and it wasn't at the fourth down call, and it wasn't even at the quarterback sneak. It was just that we lost, and it was just a game that I had expected to win. I thought it was a solid win. Now, I had also been on – the train so far this season that I felt like we're maybe coming in a little overconfident because our defense was number one, but we also really had a cream puff schedule. So I felt like that was a little bit of a mirage there. Not that they weren't still great, but they were maybe we were a little too overconfident.
3: Yeah. And I I think we talked about this previously, um, like in regards to Miami's defense last year and, how they're very opportunistic defense and you know, the amount of takeaways they got and were able to set up their offense really kind of inflated their numbers and made them feel a bit better than they were. And I do think our defense is better than last year. um, But I think the first few weeks of the season, we have a little bit of that going on where, you know, you have a chiefs game we had, I, I think it was four turnovers, uh, there's, there's another game we had three or four turnovers and, you know, all these numbers when you lump them together, kind of inflate what's going on overall. And yes, I love takeaways and they're super fun and they're they're super productive plays that can really swing the tide of the game, but they're also not something that you can consistently rely on. You can't, you can't plan on, can't put it into your game plan every week that, okay, our defense is going to get us two extra possessions this week. Ball just always doesn't bounce that way. So, you know, we see we see against the Titans, you know, when those turnovers don't come. If we got one one or two of those turnovers yesterday, it's a totally different ball game. And, you know, maybe they don't get that last score. But I agree. I think the the defense is a little bit inflated. I think they're still substantially better than last year. And that's, that's a plenty good defense to keep us winning a bunch of games
2: especially with the schedule coming up you know we're looking at we still have Miami again we have the Jets twice we have the Falcons we have the Jags I mean the toughest games left on the schedule is well the Saints and the Bucks I think are going to be tough ones but I mean to a lesser extent New England but I think New England still both are very winnable games
3: yeah I, I think New England is that's a game both those games are games you got to come ready to play. Um they don't have the most talented roster and, and they're the way they're staying in games and winning a couple games, it, it's ugly. It's it's not the prettiest of football, but you know, they're hanging in there and you know, barring some some really wild plays, they're they were going toe to toe with Dallas, who looks really good this year. Um, so I, I think it's something where the Bucks are definitely the toughest game left. New Orleans, I don't really know what to make of the Saints right now. They're they're kind of a weird team to me. Um, definitely not the same team as when they have Breeze in there. Uh, Jameis Winston's a little bit of a wild card, but yeah, outside of those few games, I, I really don't see anybody that's scaring me coming up down the stretch. Okay. All right,
2: Justin Goddard, do you have anything else for me?
3: No, I I just apologize if the uh, if the dog squeaked in there, they got really excited at something. But yeah,
2: he he, he wants to give his thoughts on the remaining schedule.
3: Yeah, they got lots of thoughts on what the Bills defense should do going into the bye week and how they get ready for Tua. All right. okay, so. That
2: was Justin Goddard here every week on Real or Silly. You can also find him on The Wandering Buffalo, which now drops on a bonus day. You can find it on Wednesday, and you can find it on Thursday. So if you're not listening to The Wandering Buffalo, I question if you're really even a Bills fan. Justin, I enjoy our time every week. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk to
3: you next week. Thanks for having me on again. All right, we'll see you. Vince
1: Taylor and Buffalo on The Brain proudly bring to you the Mafia hot seat A built-in Buffalo production.
4: When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Be ready. It might be chilly.
1: I want to ask you a bunch of questions. And I want to have them answered immediately.
2: All right, Bills Mafia, as promised, the Mafia Hot Seat Roundtable this week featuring T. Estelle from Not Your Average Podcast in the 716, one of my favorite people in the Mafia, back of the herd, formerly BFF Jeremy from the Process on Tap podcast, and the guy that is everywhere, the guy that has so many shows, he needs to take a deep breath before you list him off, Justice General. Fellas and lady, how are you doing tonight?
0: (laughs) Good. Good, great. Can't complain.
2: So we will go ahead and and get started. I'm gonna go ahead and give the first question to T and then and we'll just kind of rotate and and get you all to chime in on it. But I mean, we're such a week-to-week league right now. If another team has a great Season, and then they lose a game. We kind of start thinking they're trash. And I don't necessarily feel that way about the Bills, but I do demand laying blame after a loss.
0: T, Mm -hmm. who gets the blame for this loss? Oh, gosh, there's a lot to spread around, but I think I will go with the offensive line because, I mean, don't get me wrong. Josh at time to uh you know throw the ball make those passes whatever but i also think that the offensive line got punched in the face there were plays there where um 58 uh, what was his name simmons and um oh my goodness landry, landry was all over the field and also long long junior he was all over like I just don't understand and you know and I and I can't place blame I can't place blame on a rookie but not really it's his rookie season i think he just got that welcome to the NFL game on on on, on Monday um but yeah i i blame the offensive line completely Jeremy do you agree with that
1: um i agree that the offensive line definitely deserves some uh some blame for sure they've kind of been up and down this season. I don't think that, that's not who I would have chosen, although I definitely, uh, I definitely like appreciate the, uh, I don't want to say the shade, but like I said, they deserve some of the blame for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you asked me, I probably would say the defense or Leslie Frazier and McDermott. Um, we were talking to me and uh, Hansel were talking about this on our last one, and it just seems like they just got scared after that big uh, uh, run by. Derrick Henry and it just seemed like they were just letting um AJ Brown get open over the middle over and over again and they weren't adjusting and they were just god they just they just kept throwing the ball at us and the lack of um, adjustments was just kind of infuriating um you know the old line like she said they, they definitely deserve some blame luckily Josh Allen kind of covers up how bad they can be sometimes, but yeah. If I had to pick, I'm going with the uh, McDermott and Frazier and their lack of adjustments.
2: Okay, plenty of blame to go around.
4: Justice. Um, I would actually say it. This was a team effort loss. Um, because uh, I, I believe that you know, uh, you know, it, music is like I'm sorry, music. Football is kind of like music, ironically, right? You know, there's this like art. Um, And I believe complementary football is a real thing, right? Uh, I think that the offense being stopped in the red zone multiple times and having to settle for field goals, that is a situation where now you're allowing the Tennessee Titans to stay in the game. And instead of having to throw the ball because they're down 14-0, they now still have the opportunity to get their run going and get Derrick Henry going, i.e. 76-yard touchdown run, regardless of the holding calls that were rampant all over the field. Uh, It allowed them to to get their run game going, right? And then obviously at that point, it pretty much became a shootout. But in that, I can see you blaming on the defense, right? Stop the, the team from scoring, but When you have to worry about that big MFR in the backfield and Derrick Henry running all around the field, you know, linebackers have to play support on that or he's going to get eight yards every time he touches the ball. So that's why they're coming up and being sucked in. And that's why A.J. Brown is running wide open in the middle of the field every play. Um, So that play action becomes lethal because the run game is going and the run game is going because our offense didn't put points on the board when they could have and made Tennessee have to throw the ball. And then, of course, I also believe that, you know, T made a great point. She said the offensive line got punched in the mouth, especially on fourth and inches. You Your your franchise left tackle is on his back, um, you know, and, and the guy across from him is, is responsible for making the play that lost us the game. Obviously, you have to be better than that in such an important situation. Um, so yeah, I would say this is a team effort loss.
2: Yeah, I guess the field goals in the red zone certainly are. I mean, that's a problem we've been having all season. And I still think the offense did enough to win this game. Now they put up 31 points. That should be enough to win on most weeks. But I mean, Ryan Tannehill has that offensive line has been really bad for Ryan Tannehill this year. And we couldn't get there. We couldn't close the deal. And, I don't know. I, I felt like, yes, I think a lot of what Justice said is correct. You know, we focused after that long run. It's like, Oh, I well, we really need to focus on him now. And they kept eating us up But six straight scoring drives. That is a defense as a whole. That's Leslie Frazier. That's the pass rush. That's McDermott. That, there's a lot of blame to go around in this game. Anybody have something else to add?
4: Uh, yeah, actually. Um, I, I I agree with you. Um, I do think the offense did enough to win the game. Uh Josh went absolutely nuts. If you if we're being honest, if you just look at his game objectively, right? He was what was it like 35 of 42, I believe it was. If I'm I may be off by a couple uh tips. Um 353 passing yards, three t- three touchdowns, and one in inception. It really wasn't his fault. Um, because obviously Spencer Brown just whiffed on that play. Um, uh, Josh absolutely did enough to win the game. And, um, I think the offense as a whole did as well. Um, you know, so I would agree with you that yes, it, it is on the defense. Um, the offense for sure should have, I mean, the offense did what it was supposed to do. Um, just, you know, as like a, a net base, you know what I mean? Like they, they did what they were supposed to do. You score 31 points. Typically you should win if you have the number one defense in the NFL, um, But again, that's why I say it was a team loss because they could have scored touchdowns and that would have put the defense in a better position, uh, you know, to do what they do. Um, But because they didn't, it it was kind of just like a, a team effort. Offensive line was bad. Defensive line was bad. I don't know why they switched up the defensive line in this game of all games when we have like Miami and Jacksonville coming up. Um, This doesn't seem like the game where you go away from a unit that has already provided you a top five uh, run stuffer, but it was just, you know, bad decisions all around, honestly. Um, So yeah, that's, that's kind of why I just give it a T-Mail.
2: Okay. So as I said earlier, I mean, we are such a week to week league, you know, we're, we're up on the chargers. We're down the chargers. We're up on the chiefs. We're down. Oh, now we're up on the chiefs again we as a collective NFL fan base, not necessarily even Buffalo fans, but it's kind of the way we look at things every week. You know, we don't care about what you did. Your body work doesn't matter. Just what is in my face most recently. Does that, I, I think I know the answer here, but I want to hear you guys say it. Does that influence what you expect out of this team for the rest of the year? Jeremy?
1: Um, No, because again, we were talking about this on our most recent podcast. Um, we're gonna lose games, and for people, it's funny. Like when you lose a game, and there's a whole group that is like, "Wow, like we're not Super Bowl contenders. Like we should have won this game." And I ask myself, like, "I'm sorry, do you expect us to go undefeated? Because we already didn't do that." Like, I'm pretty sure no Super Bowl team has <laughs> gone undefeated. They're gonna lose games. They're going to drop games that they probably should have won. It's just part of it. So the loss is unfortunate, but. You know, we we're kind of talking about like who's to blame, but there's there's some positive notes, too. I mean, we lost a game because we were going for a win and not a tie. Um, the offense, like they said, they scored 31 points. Uh, the defense had a rough game, but it's going to happen. So it was a uh, like I guess like I'm saying, like I, it was a bummer, you know, exactly. But it is what it is. It's it's a loss. I'm I'm still pretty confident in this team.
2: Yeah, and I they were sneaky good offensively. All the problems we've heard about with the re- wide receivers being hurt, they were still a top ten offense. And you know, I I kind of want to caution people that I'm not immune from it either, right? Because my expectations for this game changed from the beginning of the year till just last week. You know, I was feeling differently about this game in August than I was before the game. Uh, so I'm not completely immune to that either. Uh, T, how do you feel?
4: Or justice. okay um so how do i feel about what exactly like i'm sorry i was
0: on mute my bad i'm over here talking i was on mute (laughs) Uh, go ahead (laughs) justice
4: no it's okay you could go ahead because i wasn't sure what which part of the the question he was talking about specifically
2: so the question is does the loss change your perception of what the team is going forward
4: okay um for for um, I, I guess I'll just go then. um, for me specifically, I would say no. Um, it means that we're definitely not like untouchable. Um, we are going to be in situations where we could possibly get out coached or we could possibly get, um, outplayed. I don't I'll execute it. I'll put it that way. There aren't very many teams in the league that are as talented as us. I don't think there is any teams in the league that is as talented as us, if I'm being honest. Um, I do think that we are prone to uh a lot more mistakes than I'm than I'll admit to be comfortable with. Um, you know, our offense will just make a random mistake out of nowhere for no reason. Um, defense will just give up a random 75-yard touchdown for no reason. Um, you know punt return, kick return, like randomly. And, you know, I know other teams will make great plays, but it's just like we're so consistent. And then there will just be like one major mistake that will turn around to turn the game around. And um, I I think that that's – it happens a lot too often, honestly, um, with this team. But ultimately, I do believe we have the best quarterback. I do believe we have the best roster. I do believe we have one of – if not the best defenses. Um, so it doesn't change my opinion. I still think the bills are the best, but um, I'm also not one of those people who go week to week necessarily. I go based on what I see on the field, um, you know, on a consistent basis. So like, I'm one of those people who were never really down on the chiefs to be honest. Um, but also us Basically blowing the Chiefs out also made sense to me. I I said that when you know before it happened, I was like, honestly, we should win this game comfortably, um, and we did. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's really just it, it, it literally is week to week. But um, if you go, you know, based on what you see consistently, then I would say, yeah, we're still the favorite to win the Super Bowl because we still have the best team.
0: See. Uh, I guess for me I always do it's any given Sunday. That's why it's called any given Sunday. A team could be you could be the best team. Like who just lost against the Jets beat um uh, the Titans, right? So like any given yeah. Sunday, I think Mafia fans we um we wanna fire everybody when things don't happen. Uh we need to go get this guy, we need to go trade for this guy. I mean, things happen. The team is going to have laps, you know, and we, we have to overcome those things, but I don't think, you know, listen, we make mistakes. It's it can, can we overcome those mistakes and nine times out of 10, we can, but this is a change. I think we're still a Super Bowl contender. I think Josh is still number top five quarterback. We have the best trio, in the, in the, like top five trio, top three trio in the, in the NFL. So, no, nothing changed. We're still we're still on the right track. I think I think also to this game, and they're sitting on this game, so it's going to wake them up because they had this game was in reach. You know, there was plays that like slight plays that happened that should have happened, but. Again, you have to overcome those, and and we didn't, and it, you know, we lost by three, and that hurts, but they'll get back to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, to Justice's point, I mean, I that's why I have a hard time ever predicting any team to go undefeated, even the Patriots in the height when they did go undefeated, but there's only been one undefeated team in history that has won the Super Bowl, and they played a shorter schedule than we do currently, Uh, but games can come down to just one penalty or to justice's point one play. So we have an easy schedule ahead of us. There's not many games that we should really be worrying about. However, man, if we drop like an Atlanta game, we are going to be panicking. We will be Uh, even maybe even a jets game. If it's possible that they could beat us because last year, remember they, we scored 18 points on six field goals. Couldn't get a touchdown, Uh, but no team defense. They do, they do. And, and no team is perfect. Last year's Super Bowl, the the you know the Brady Bucks, they weren't perfect either. So every team has holes, and every team loses games. And sometimes I have to, you know, I'm very emotional when I watch a game. You ask me right after a loss, um, my wife probably won't talk to me. So Bruce is probably talking directly to me today in his podcast. But um, you know, I, I I take a step back, and you give me a day, and I can read calculate and reassess some things. But before we move on, anybody have any thoughts on that?
0: No, I'm totally with you, though, with that. I got to take a step back because I get so emotional. I can't even go to yeah. sleep even on even on hot like winds like that win against Kansas City. I could not go to sleep. I had to go downstairs and drink a beer because I was just so amped. And then with the loss, I was just like, what am I doing so I just slept on a couch because it was just – I was just so emotional. <laughs> yeah,
4: I think anybody who follows me on Twitter and will, like, see me sweet during the game, you can tell that I'm emotional. Like, I'm all caps. I don't even swear, but I'm swearing on Twitter when the game is on. Like, I am going absolutely nuts. Like, I'm the maniac who predicts 17-0, and 0, right? Like, this is how talented I think this team is. Uh, so when – and I truly do think we should win every single game that's on our schedule. I really do because I really do think we are the best team in the league. Um, and I think it it might be by like a little bit of a while, like a lot, like it, it may be a bit of a margin in my opinion. Honestly, um, I don't think there's another team in the NFL that's quite close to us in terms of just having everything right. You got the quarterback, the GM, the coach, the roster, the offense, the defense, the special like everything. We have everything. So when you know we lose, it it definitely it, it pisses me off because we we shouldn't be losing. Um, <laughs> and it's typically because we beat ourselves, and I think that's the part that that, that like bothers me most is the pit game. We beat ourselves, the Tennessee games, we beat ourselves. Um, So, you know, uh, it it definitely bothers me Um, and I'm definitely very emotional during before and after the game.
1: I'll kind of add on to the emotional part. I'll say that um, I don't really let myself get that emotional. And I think it's because, uh, you know, I, I grew up, hearing my dad watch the bills and he was like a yeller and a screamer and he was one of those people who would like let it affect him so i think because of that i've always made myself um try and be the opposite so i still watch the games with my dad You're- but when it, when we lose them you know i leave his house i drive home and i'm like bummed but like when i get home you know i have like my wife who is not a bills fan she's a colts fan actually uh, and then I have my dogs who probably don't understand sports at all. So I feel <laughs> like it's not fair to them to kind of like, uh, project any of that on them. So I really try to like, you know, once I like get home, it's just like, all right, you know, it's, I, I already try to leave it in the rear of mirror. It's not completely like, you know, I, I'm bummed the next day a little bit. Um, so I'm for sure bummed, but I, I won't let it get to me too much. Like for those reasons.
0: You're much more mature than I am. <laughs> exactly, I swear. Wow, I, was I feel I honest. feel like I feel like an ass right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Definitely not attacking anybody. Like I say, it, it is no. I know, I,
4: I know I've I know, seen I know. it, but
2: yeah, I'm much more be mature bothered than I am.
4: About the Titans lost until we play the next game. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we're good. Right after,
2: right before a bye week. Ah, it's the worst time.
4: Yeah, I mean, I get worse. over it.
2: I need some time. I'll get over it, but. <laughs> i mean i'm invested you know i'm i can't even watch the game with other people around because other people want to talk to me i want to talk to you the bills are playing <laughs> shut your mouth
4: exactly i'm right there with you vince
2: <laughs> all right jeremy because we are so week to week right now who do you think the afc contenders are maybe give us your top three
1: um
2: let me see i
1: so slugs so are the whole week to week thing um I still think we're a better team than the Titans. So I don't think that, you know, puts them above us. Um, I kind of, thought, you know, it kind of seemed like the Chargers were up there and then they got their asses handed to them by the Ravens. So I kind of felt like, uh, that's brought them down to earth a little bit. Um, a lot of people mentioned the Browns, but I mean, we were able to handle the chiefs, but I mean, hopefully if we, if we face them again, that would still be, uh, you know, it would still happen that way. Um, I don't know if I'm forgetting, but I think the Ravens are definitely up there. Obviously, I think we're still up there. Um, as far as number three goes, I again, I'm one of those people who, you know, I mentioned I don't pay attention to a whole lot of other teams. So I'm a little spacing on who else uh, in the AFC is out there to worry about. But um, I'll definitely say the Ravens right now with the way they're playing. They're definitely up there with us.
2: Yeah, Um I I agree. I mean, interesting that nobody said the Titans, (laughs) but yeah, the Ravens are sneaky. Good. Uh, justice who you got?
4: Um, I got us then the chiefs and then everybody else, to be honest, I don't think the Ravens are that good. Um, I think they're good. You know, they can win games and they can, you know, probably go to the divisional round. I don't see them in the AFC championship game. Um, I think that their offense is just far too inconsistent. Their defense is okay, but they're even inconsistent. A lot of the time, um, the Raiders, I thought were good, but now I'm not sure they're super inconsistent. The chargers are good. Actually. I would say the, the bills, the chiefs, the chargers. Um, so I guess that would be my top three. Those are the only three teams I think have like championship level talent. And I don't even know if the chargers are there yet. Um, I think the Titans are are above average, um which is why it pisses me off so much that we lost to them. I don't think they're good, I think they're above average. They have really great players, but as a as a whole as a team, I think they're just above average. I think the Ravens, I would say, are good. And um I would think that they're pretty like set in that good area. I don't even think they are reaching up to be great in my opinion as of right now um i think the chiefs can be great but they're not at this moment and i think the chargers can be great in the future but i think we're already great so
1: i kind of want to piggyback a little bit more on the uh the Titans' take because like i said we're uh justice and i both still kind of said no we're not still worried um just another thing to add to that is just the titans lose derrick henry and i think everybody is picking the next team over them despite having julio jones despite having aj brown And you know Tannehill is good. I I don't. I don't really have much knockstone. But if Derrick Henry goes down, that team is just they're hurt. I think for
0: sure. T, who you got? So you said the three teams right now? Yeah, besides besides
2: best teams in the AFC that are going to be your the three best AFC Super Bowl teams.
0: Ooh, Uh, I can't say. The Chiefs right now because they're not playing well. And I don't know if they're turning it around. They may because they have Patrick Mahomes, and you can't bet against him, right? So I'll, I'm going to say the Ravens. I'm going to say the Chargers. Um, and as of the Chiefs right now, I can't say them. But I'm going to say um, the Tennessee, Tide, um, Tennessee Titans because they beat us. And like you said, if they don't have Der- Derrick Henry, yeah, they're a, they're not a great, great team. But they have him, and he can run all over the field. Yes, we want another game against them, another chance against them. But for right now, I'm going with them. Yeah, those are my, my three.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to pick the Titans either. I, I predicted them to be pretty good, but I don't think they were going to be one of the greats. And of course, we lost the Pittsburgh, and I don't think Pittsburgh's even going to make the playoffs. No, but yeah, so I don't know. I I can't write off the Chiefs. I I can't. I think they're still they're perfectly capable of going on a seven, eight, nine game winning streak and, and making us forget all about it. I don't think they're going to get number one seed, but I think you don't want to see the Chiefs in the playoffs any more than you want to see the Ravens. Or and and I know the Browns are way down right now, but I'm not giving up on the Browns. I think if they make
0: the playoffs, that's still a tough out.
4: Well, mm-hmm. yeah, Case Keenum is actually starting now, so the team actually has a chance now. So that's I, what I know. Let me know. ask
0: you a question then: Do you think he's better than uh, Baker?
4: No, <laughs> Justin. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll see. I think he has a chance <laughs> to be Baker. Hasn't been good. I think if we saw what Case Keenum did, you know, in Minnesota where he took them to the conference uh, championship, I think that if he has another hot run, you know, he has a good offense around him super talented team i think he can win some games honestly
0: i think he wins some games i don't know if he's going to be that that quarterback i don't think it's going to be a what what is the quarterback controversy
4: <laughs> in, in fairness to him baker wasn't good at quarterback so i mean all he has to do is be serviceable true
2: <laughs> i think Cleveland has got, and I I like Baker more than I think maybe anybody on this podcast right now, but I'm not putting him inside the top 10, maybe even top 12. But I think Cleveland is in a place where it's kind of no man's land. Okay, we need to make a decision on Baker. What are we going to do? Well, Baker's not going to be cheap. He might approach $40 million a year. Now, he might not get a, a five or a seven year deal. He might get a bridge deal, but it's going to be really expensive to do that because what is the alternative? are you going to move on and become a Washington or, you know, you sign him because you know who he is and you do have a good team around him and he is good enough to win with what is around him. He's never going to be Josh. And I, you know, I'm not going to rank him there, but they're going to give him some money in some form. Now the length of the contract we can debate, but because if they don't, they, they just don't have any options. Jeremy, do you agree with that?
1: Um, as far as the Baker stuff, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I'm i not a huge fan of Baker. I was actually just reading an article about him today. Um, I think it was in the Guardian titled, like, you know, he's not the problem, but he's not the solution. Um, yeah, I, I think he's fine. And uh, I really can't wait to see him and Lamar, like finally get their contracts and especially Baker, because like I agree, he's just okay. I don't think he does anything great. And um, if they do give him a big contract comparable comparable to Josh, I'm just going to laugh at it. <laughs> I feel like they're just kind of digging themselves in a the hole there.
2: Yeah. Baker says I want forty million, and the chiefs are like, well, we want to give you 15. <laughs> okay. Cause you know, if Baker hits the open market, somebody will give it to him.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, for sure.
4: Yeah. All right. Miami. <laughs> <laughs> well, can they're can one yeah. This jump this in. Listen, I pray that Cleveland pays Baker $40 million a year. I really do. I I, I will pray to any God you want that'll make it happen, okay? Because Cleveland has a great roster. They Their GM, I think it's Dorsey still, has been phenomenal with everything except the quarterback position, right? So if they found a way to go get a real quarterback, they are easily the Super Bowl favorites, in my opinion. Right. Same with the Dolphins. Before this year, they had the roster to go to the playoffs and be a real, you know, problem. But they stuck with the quarterback that wasn't going to get them there. So I hope that Cleveland ruins their future by giving Baker all that money, because then they obviously won't be able to retain all that talent, have to go somewhere. Um, So, yeah, I, I hope they give Baker that money. I really do. I really do.
2: Yeah, he's he's gonna get something. And if he hits the open remember, Kirk Cousins got $30 million a year in a time when you know quarterbacks are getting 20 because all guaranteed too. He was just that caliber of player doesn't hit the open market. So he'll he's getting his money either if it's from the Browns or the Redskins or I'm sorry, the Washington football team or whoever. All right, T, who's overrated right now in the NFL?
0: Ooh, you just put me in a spot. Oh, like the whole NFL um we're t- <laughs> you know what we're speaking about Baker um uh da, da, da. I on top of my head um can I come back <laughs> do,
2: do, do. okay yeah uh, ju- justice who's overrated in the afc
4: uh the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I mean Jeremy said it earlier. Uh if you take Derrick Henry off that team, it's it's pretty but much you, over. You, we can't um, count on
2: that. Right now they have Derrick Henry. So hold, I mean, hold you know. on,
4: but I, I was actually I was gonna elaborate. Um I, I do think that if you take Derrick Henry off the roster, it, it they don't really have very much, but um if if they you know, considering they still do have him, obviously, I, I still think they're overrated, um, because they have a lot of names, right? Um and the offensive line is bad, the defense is bad because even though they just beat the bills, sure, absolutely. And I give them all the credit in the world. Um, they still let the bills score 31, what was about to be at, at minimum, it would have been 34 if they would have went for the tie, and they almost scored 38, right? Um, so the defense isn't good. <laughs> I mean, it, and I respect it, it's the bills, you know, offense, and the bills are a juggernaut, whatever. Um, but you know, they, they haven't really been great all season. Right. Um, and when you consider them a four and two team, people are probably thinking they're in the upper class of the AFC. I just don't think so. Um, I think they will be end up in the upper class of the AFC just because the cults are so garbage and no one else in the AFC South will challenge them. Um, but I don't think they're a top four team in the AFC. Um, uh, they might be a top five, maybe possibly. Um, but I think that they're overrated.
2: You heard it here justice does not believe in Urban Meyer and, and the Jags. Hot take, hot take,
4: Jeremy. Who's overrated?
1: <laughs> Wait, Urban Meyer's overrated. What are uh, <laughs> no, he's
2: perfectly rated. <laughs> I thought he was, <laughs>
1: um, overrated. You know, I was the first thing I was thinking, um, and I wanted to pull the staff, I was thinking like Mac Jones because. I don't know about right now, but I know at the beginning of the season, like there's some people when he was announced the starter and there, there was someone out there who's like, Oh, the Patriots are super bowl contenders now. And then I think I saw like a bleacher report page like a week ago or two weeks ago, had him predicted as like offensive rookie of the year. And at the time he had like five passing touchdowns and five interceptions after like five games. I was like, what are you talking about? Um, They did pretty well against the, uh, you know Dallas. I remember kind of seeing some of the highlights, but and the
2: Bucks. Yeah,
1: the Bucks. Uh, yeah, looks like that was a pretty defensive game. I didn't pay too much attention to it, but I don't know. I just, I don't really see it to be honest. And maybe it's just because I'm a, you know, <laughs> we're the Bills and we're just haters. But, um, but as far as who else, like, I can think, I, I honestly don't know because, like I say, I, I always mention how I don't pay that much attention to very many other teams and. So I really don't know who else uh, is being talked about so much. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I think I think you and Hansel talked about that on your podcast a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, but I definitely, like I said, there's been a few some Mac Jones things pops up here and then. Um, again, he's a rookie quarterback, so he's going to get a lot of attention, but... He eh.
2: does not have... I don't think either him or Zach Wilson has a swagger. When I look at them, I don't feel like confidence i don't feel leadership i don't feel like you know i even i i feel that way about trevor lawrence even if he's not having a great rookie season but when you see him you look like that's the guy i'm looking to when i want answers i don't feel that way about mac or zach wilson at all
1: yeah uh zach wilson looks like he's 10 years old and um mac jones like he's like it's a yeah. And Mac Jones, you know, we all remember like that, his walk up to the podium where yeah. like, oh, he looks like he's going to speak to the manager.
2: Um <laughs> looks like he's going to the bathroom. Like he's got a like emergency. That, yeah, that too.
1: <laughs> There's just not a whole lot of Mac Jones. Like that. Just again, I agree. Like he doesn't seem like somebody who would instill a lot of confidence
2: in the team. Uh, I didn't forget about you. T who's overrated.
0: I think Julio Jones Uh-oh. for me is overrated. I mean, he came from what uh, Atlanta. The man has been um, injury prone, and if it wasn't for um, really wanting to play against the the Buffalo Bills, I think he wouldn't have been out. And then, not even that, he wasn't even too much of anything in the fourth quarter. So I think Julio Jones is overrated. I do. I, I mean, his stats says it alone. He's not. He's not that premier. And everybody wanted him here. And I didn't. I didn't want Julio here. I just felt that he would be injured. He would be prone to injuries. And I was fine with with everybody we had. So Julio James Jones, to me, is overrated.
2: I, I... I agree with you. I, th- I think he's a good wide receiver still. I don't think he's elite. I think they're paying a steep price to get a guy that's going to end up with like 1,000 yards and five touchdowns at the end of the year. That's a good wide receiver. He is going to help Tennessee. But if they mm-hmm. think they're getting Julio Jones in a 1,600-yard season and 10 touchdowns, that's not what they're getting. That doesn't happen after age 32. Uh, I I can't remember how, how many, but there's not been that many wide receivers that have had even a 1,200-yard season at the after the age of 32.
0: And I think he only had one hundred-yard game um game, right? This this year.
2: Well, he also has been
4: hurt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's another thing.
4: <laughs> y'all think Julio playing for the Titans is gonna be like when Jerry Rice played for the uh Raiders? Hey, Jerry had
2: a thousand yard season at like I can't 38, 39 or something, but that's
4: well, no no when Jerry played for the Seahawks.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey <it's> Jerry <laughs> Rice, everybody. Look, he's got a uniform on. Thanks for showing us. Yes.
4: <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I again, Go ahead. Real quick, I just also want to say the Ravens are also overrated, but you can go ahead.
2: Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, I can't let that go. You got to talk about why the Ravens are
4: overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, the, officially the Lions have zero losses on their record. I'm sorry, zero wins on their record. But, I mean, we all know they beat the Ravens. You know, we all know the Ravens lost to the Lions. If we're being honest, that the the, the clock was like three seconds past zero and there was no penalty on a play. And then they kicked the 66 yarder, the longest field goal in history from that same spot. And it bounced off the goalpost. So what that tells me is that there is absolute zero. There's a snowball chance in hell that uh as great as justin tucker is he's gonna be able to hit a 51 i'm sorry a 71 yarder uh that wasn't gonna happen not that day and probably not any day right so they i was <clears throat> excuse me they they lost that game if we're being honest right uh, i mean unless a hell married but what are the chances of that and then also the colts game the colts what have like one win two wins maybe i don't remember exactly um Two wins. But two wins, okay. And mm-hmm. and they pretty much beat the Ravens for three and a half quarters. And so the Ravens really like to play down to their competition. And that's why I say that their offense is really inconsistent. Their defense is good, but it's also pretty inconsistent, if we're being honest. Um, I just don't see like if 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 the Titans or the Ravens made it out of the AFC, whatever team comes out of the NFC is wiping them up. They're getting blown out in the Super Bowl. Okay.
2: I would say that we need to apply that same logic to the Bills, too, because our to defense, yes, we have the two shutouts, but we also lost to Pittsburgh, and we're also playing down to our competition, too. So I think any team can do that. And I think Lamar is, yes, he's never going to throw for, he probably will never even reach 3,500 passing yards, but. He's a weapon. He's a different type of weapon than my flavor of quarterback, but they're going to win some games and they're, they're good enough team. They're, they're, they're any team that, that faces them in the playoffs is is going to have to prepare well because any given Sunday, that's a good team.
4: See, now you say they're good enough. Even you think they're pretty good. You think they're, you know, a good team, but you, you're you not saying they're a great team. But yeah, I'll put them in top are-
2: three in AFC right now. I think they are. I think they will be.
4: People are saying that they're a great team. People are saying that they're like a Super Bowl contender, which I mean they might be a Super Bowl contender, but like I said, I think if any team comes out of the NFC, they're wiping them up, right? And you know, the the point about the Bills, like even the Bills defense only allowed 16 points from the Pittsburgh Steelers. The only real game that the Bills allowed, like a shit, I'm sorry, a crap ton of points was the Tennessee game, right? Um, and and you know, obviously that was a lot had a big part because of Derrick Henry. Um But the Ravens were getting beat for three and a half quarters by a uh, okay team in the Colts. And then they basically almost literally got beat by a horrible team in the Lions. So I just, I don't know, man. I just, I I think that they're, you know, I think that they, I don't think that they'll show up, you know, when, when the season's in comes. Okay. Jeremy
2: is. At this point in the season, I mean, if we want to poke holes in anything, we can poke holes in anything if we want to look hard enough. But is there a position group that you are most concerned with right now going forward?
1: Um, I I guess I will. I'll go with the offensive line. Um, we've already had you know some shuffling going on. Um, like like T was saying, she kind of blamed them for the Tennessee loss. I think it's fair. Just the the pressures they're giving up. Um, and again, just, just the shuffling, the fact that we gave this money to um, Daryl Williams and then just a couple games in it, we move him into guard. Uh, we, we have to put the rookie in. Um, we have to bench Cody Ford. It's just, it kind of makes you wonder like, what, what's next, you know? Um, the continuity was supposed to be a good thing. And, you know, we've been hearing that for the last two seasons and it's already kind of not there in a sense, because of how we've already changed it up. Um This defense has been good. Like this, their performance against the uh, Tennessee was like an outlier. So I'm not going to pick on anything there. Um Josh Allen, the wide receivers, you know, our tight end room is small and, but you know, it's, it's working for us. Um The running backs, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing how well they do because I don't think they played a very big, uh, um, I don't think they played a big role in this last game. I think they only had a total of like, maybe not even like 15 carries. So yeah, if I had to pick one, I think it's for sure the offensive line.
0: Okay. T who you got. Oh man. I think I'm with him too. Uh, Offensive line. Like you said, they did some shuffling on the line and um, moving people. Cody Ford got benched, which uh, I think if, I think we kind of knew the ceiling of Cody Ford, right? And I, I, I think also, too, that coaches don't want to s- say where I made a mistake. So when you you, you put um, Spencer Brown in and then you move, you shuffle the the line. I just think that if we are going to trade for someone, if we're going to move on from someone, it's going to be Cody Ford. Um, and I think, I think we have our front guys, but also, too, I'm not too sure about Feliciano and I know that's Josh's man. That's his boy, whatever. But there's been times where Feliciano was not playing up to his, uh, potential and maybe that's his ceiling. I don't know. Maybe the the times,
2: the times that he doesn't play to his ceiling is easy to spot. It's just whenever he's on the field.
1: I want to kind (laughs) of jump in really quick. I am Mm -hmm. sick and tired of hearing about Josh Allen and John Feliciano's friendship. Yep. Um, I'm over it. Like I don't care. That's awesome. Like,
0: let's. Call each other after the season. I don't care. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah well, I don't really care.
2: But it matters because how else do you explain him still being in the starting unit no, right now? No, you're instead, right. You're right about that. Instead of Ike. But, yeah, I mean, I hate it too. But, like, at this point, like, your friendship is causing the team. Absolutely.
0: Tell your friend to buckle up and play then. If that's yeah. your friend, tell him to buckle up and play because he's causing some plays. Hey, you listen,
2: know? John. John, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, you really got to stop sucking. You, you yeah. suck ass, man. Knock that shit off. Exactly. <laughs> All right, All right. Uh, go.
0: Thank you. Um, okay, we- John, maybe you're more.
1: Of, maybe you're more of a backup center than a starting guard. You know?
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe. And before before this game, Mitch Morris was like the only, like maybe the only one that we could rely on to play the good game. And and in that Tennessee game, he sucked. So it's just like. Okay, I don't know. Something has to change. <laughs> and I think it's the offensive line. And hopefully by the trade deadline, something happens. And, and and what can you get, though? You're going to trade Cody Ford for what? Or You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, it's the offensive line, I think.
2: Justice, what position group are you most worried about?
4: Uh, Yeah, we're going to have a clean sweep here. Um, I was trying to be different, but honestly, there is nothing (laughs) that I'm as worried about as the offensive line. Um, These guys just get punched in the mouth way too often. Uh, They are not that physical. They can be. They absolutely can be. Um, But, man, it is so inconsistent. that It is very scary, honestly. Uh, Josh plays a damn near perfect game Monday if – you know Spencer Brown doesn't whiff on the defensive end coming around um man yeah the the offensive line is just very inconsistent I'm not really comfortable with them game to game especially when we face in when we face some of the the better defenses uh yeah I don't know <laughs> yeah they're the team that I'm definitely most concerned about
0: so let me ask yeah. you
4: a question too who do you think
0: on the offensive line should go
4: I'm, I'm with you, uh, both of you guys, or all three of you, honestly. I, John Feliciano is just not that good, honestly. Man, he's just, I don't know, I, he's just not that good. Um, uh, I
1: wasn't thrilled when we extended him,
4: me neither. Me you know, neither.
2: I, I was like, let I him would go, keep, keep John Brown. Like, I will, I'll, def- I will uh, disagree with you guys all there. Now, I know how bad he's playing, but. I thought that re-signing him to keep him here was a good plan provided that you maybe attack that position in
0: the draft as well, but he did not do that. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. And then he lost the weight and I'm just like, okay, did someone tell you to lose the weight because you're getting ran over. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe he was trying to convert to tight end. He he looks like one. (laughs) He looks like one now. (laughs)
2: yeah I everybody else all the cool kids are doing I want to be a tight end right (laughs) but yeah there's an awful lot of offensive line reshuffling already and we're only like a third of the way through the season right now for all intents and purposes I I think we are actually but you know we didn't address that position in the draft we took two tackles and I think any Bill 90% of Bills fans were like what are you doing? Because we saw what we had last year in the interior, and we're like, okay, I guess we're just going to hope for the best. <laughs> what we're doing, and we're sitting here reshuffling. You know, actually, we reshuffled after game three. So after not investing in it, now you're moving pieces around. And, you know, ah, I don't know, feels like that's a missed opportunity because I wanted to go for a Super Bowl this year. And instead, we put all of the investment in the defensive line. And I am I didn't like the group pick initially, but I talked myself into it. And now I'm all in. I love Groot. But the defensive line as a whole, yeah, they're hit or miss. You know, they should have got to Tan Hill a lot more. So I'm gonna I want to be different than you guys. I don't want to say offensive line, so I'm gonna say defensive line. Hmm.
0: Do you think it mattered that um AJ Epinesa was not in there? One
4: million percent.
0: Yeah, I think that was a bad call, um, and I know we yeah. talked about it, but I think it was definitely a bad call because he he got off the ball quick, and I just didn't understand you put you put your best, I thought your best player out because you need bulk.
2: I well, I think Boogie Basham. I'm down on Boogie. I don't like what I see from Boogie. I know he had a sack in second half, but he's not. It's not like he's beating his guy off the line. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's an effort player and he'll wear you down. And he'll get, if you hold the ball, that's the only time he's ever going to get a sack. But I think he's good at holding his guy up and maybe sealing uh, an edge for the run. And we didn't do that for him in this game either. He wasn't even active. Mm-hmm. But uh, Epineza, I think, is the far. More valuable player, and, and especially for pass rushing.
1: I have a theory. Can I throw it out there? Yeah. Um, what if they they dressed Obata over Epinesa to maybe drum up some uh, trade interest for him? That's exactly what it was for.
2: Do you think it helped?
1: No, Hell because no. Even the in like the in <laughs> the third quarter, in the third quarter, the announcer like mentions his name, goes, "Oh, that's the that's a name we haven't heard all game." So he wasn't even doing anything
4: the entire game. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. I actually said that on my podcast. I I said that, um, you know, Brandon Bean or Sean McDermott, McBean, whoever, uh, you know, dressed him in in order to get some, you know, some uh, trade room, you know, going so so that they could get some compensation for him Um, because I think he's he's pretty much gone. They've already mentioned that they have, you know, um, offers for like defensive defensive ends. And I can't think of anybody else who you would willingly give away besides him. So, yeah.
2: Last year of a deal, late round pick that's worth the flyer, just kind of like what we did. We took him on a one year deal on a low contract. Mm-hmm. Another yeah. another team out there sees that and they want to see what they can get out of him because I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's an inconsistent no. player. But,
0: yeah.
1: But after I'll get like this defense, Ben, I think the, you know, you're, if you're Brandon Bean, you say, okay. We definitely don't need six defensive ends in no. the rotation. No. Yeah, he only has a, a cap hit. It says one point four five two dead cap of eight hundred thousand. Um, so not huge. I mean, if it frees up a roster spot, mm. and let's epinesa dress every game. Damn it.
0: Yes, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, I let's, want to do that. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Yeah, way. let's go there. Let's do that huh. one.
2: I bet Brandon Bean is definitely listening to this podcast. He's like, he's going to steal all of our ideas. I'm very
0: sure. (laughs) Please.
4: We have great ideas.
2: (laughs) All right. Uh, I'll start with justice this time, just kind of randomly, but we have the jets, we have the dolphins, and we have the Patriots as our fellow AFC East members. I'm not very high on any of them right now, but justice, which one of these teams has the chance to compete soonest?
0: <laughs>
4: soonest Be um, nice. Oh well, like you guys said, Zach Taylor looks like a ten-year-old. He literally plays like it. Like he, if nobody's open, he just throws it to the deepest man downfield. So it's like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I say it all the time that the Jets would have been better off keeping Darnold and just drafting the premium position. I think they ruined their franchise more than it already was. They ruined it for an extra five years uh, by taking Zach Wilson. So I'm not going to say them. Um, the Dolphins gave away all their draft picks, and now they're about to do it again to go get Deshaun Watson. And we know that he doesn't move the needle when the team is bad because his previous he he had an MVP caliber season and he went four and twelve. So if you have no weapons around him, he's going to go four and twelve, which is what the Dolphins are going to do. Even when they get them, so I'm not gonna say them. Um, you know what? Actually, that may, yeah, that makes sense because I do think the Patriots are closest. Um, I think Mac Jones has some Brady in him. Um, you know, in terms of just being consistent and being patient, death by a thousand paper cuts. I think he can learn and develop that. Um, you know, and just be smart with the football and. You know, we've already seen Bill Belichick do it one time with another sixth round pick. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Matt Jones can be pretty, pretty good probably one day. Um, and obviously he's a defensive guru. Patriots defense is, is, is really good most of the time. And um, I think they go out and get a running back and, uh, you know, run the ball more and then, you know, make Matt Jones like a game manager type of player. And uh, they they make him learn how to be a quarterback that way, and then he can start doing the Brady things. Maybe later, you know, four or five years in the, down the line. Um, so I, I would I would say the Patriots, and I don't really think it's close, honestly.
2: Okay,
0: T, who you
4: got. Um, jeez,
0: of course the Patriots look like definitely the team that's right behind us. So, um, and Mac Jones, you just inserted him into. Like Tom Brady's role and did, like you said, time management. And um, and the defense is elite. They're definitely, if they win games, it's it's definitely because of the defense. I mean, Mac Jones can throw the ball, but he also can do some rookie mistakes. But also, too, I, I think, oh man, I don't know. See, the Dolphins can be a great team. Their defense is all right. I mean, I don't know. I just I believe the Jets, like you said, messed themselves up. They totally messed themselves up. But that defense is is really good. But, I'll, of course, the Patriots. I'm going with the Patriots. They have a running back. Um, their defense is good. And, like I said, Matt Jones just inserted himself into Tom Brady role in time management. So I'm going with the Patriots. Okay. Jeremy, do you disagree with the other two?
1: Um, yeah, I'm going to say the closest team to competing is the Jets, but only if every team they play from now on is missing their best receivers. Um, I think that's really going to help them (laughs) out in the long run. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I definitely agree with the Patriots and it's because obviously they have the most experienced coaches. They have Bill Belichick. They have his creepy son. They have, uh, you know, Josh (laughs) McDaniels, um, creepy son is right. (laughs) Yeah, they have... They have the experienced coaches. I think you know they're maybe kind. Of, it'll might take them a little while to get back on track because you know, like Tom Brady, like you can knock his um physical attributes, but like just the uh you know the intelligence, the IQ he had was just you know was very good, and they they're missing that so. It's almost like, you know, will they ever get back to that? No, it's probably going to take them a while. they got to find a quarterback who can get there eventually, and they have to develop Mac Jones. Um, they do have some weapons on offense, for sure. It doesn't look like it's going to pl- um, to plan, but um, I think Robert Sal is a good coach. I think their defense is, like, it sounds like they're performing better than they should, and he is a defensive-minded guy, so it sounds like he... You know, is really good at coaching up these players, but it also it also makes me think of you know that's what Brian Flores did his first year, and you know he did all right, but look what's happening there. Um, the you know they're having draft picks that aren't working, and now they're talking about giving away even more draft picks for possibly Deshaun Watson. Uh, who who knows? Like that um, organization kind of looks like it's a bit in shambles, and if you're uh, if you're depending on the trade of one player to save jobs and turn things around and that's a you know you're putting a lot of eggs in one basket so they seem like they got a lot of work to do inside their building and then the the jets i mean again back to sala seems like a good coach but it seems like they made a maybe a mistake at their offensive coordinator it sounds like he kind of has some issues when it comes to you know calling plays and whatnot but so yeah i will go with the patriots
2: it's unanimous Wow, I'm going with the Patriots too. I I think the Jets are best, just like any all of you guys. Like they're just mismanaged that franchise. They don't know they didn't do anything for Sam Darnold, and now he's gone. And they didn't get a guy that I'm particularly fond of, and it doesn't seem like they have any weapons. And I don't know Miami. I, I want to feel good about because I do think they can have a good defense. They spent a lot of draft capital trying to rebuild that offensive line, and their offensive line is worse than ours. And that's saying something right now. Uh, you know, trading for a guy that who might be in prison at the end of the year is what are you doing? Like, I don't, even, I don't think
0: I believe that's true. But the GM definitely wants him. No, it's definitely not true. the GM. I'm sorry, the owner is the owner that wants. Yeah, yeah. You know. well, bad.
2: wanting him and actively trying to trade for him right now is. Yeah. Too, but Louis-Jacques said he for whatever sources he has that because he just been to Miami five minutes ago, but he says that was not true.
0: Uh uh
2: the, the Patriots, I don't really think the Patriots are set to con conter- to contend long term, but out of the three in in our AFC East, I they're the best. I don't like Mac Jones. You gotta give Bill Belichick credit. He is a good defensive coach, but he's not the same without Brady. So if I had to pick, I, I guess I'd pick the Patriots, but I don't like any of them right now. I, that's good yeah. for
0: us. It's good for the Bills. Absolutely, but I think it would change if if um, Deshaun Watson is present in their co- I mean, their um, quarterback. I think this all changes. For me, it does anyway. You know, it I'll, might be. I a, will agree there. A I'll win agree. or two there. You know, so it's not like the Bills are running the AFC. Although they will run the AFC, but it will be more Closer. competition. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Watson. Because they'll beat you, up another. you. guys audience.
4: think Miami? You guys think Miami is uh is a threat if they have Deshaun Watson?
2: I do. That's we're saying they're it's a closer division. Yeah. We still, but they'll the Dolphins will win more games with Watson than they will with Tua. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty obvious.
4: Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: The Dolphins are going to have Deshaun Watson and like three offensive coordinators. I mean, that's just a that's just a lot of power, you know.
4: <laughs> Hopefully, no Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well it is sunny down there, so I mean I don't know. <laughs> down uh, there the
4: Masseuses
1: probably all do what he wants, so he'll probably be fine. Okay. <laughs> Robert Kraft probably knows the perfect place for
4: him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where they should have traded. They shouldn't trade him to, to New England. There you, yeah, right? He would have got him out. <laughs> Listen, this is yeah, awesome. true. Robert Kraft <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's probably a smoother way to massage this transition, but I'm gonna <laughs> good
0: one, good one.
2: I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go with justice on this one because I know this is one that's going to it's gonna kill him. It's gonna it's gonna kill him, but Justice. There's a reason why this team, if we were I'm not saying we will lose the Super Bowl, but if we do, the reason will be
4: blank the offensive line (laughs) i just um i just they're so inconsistent like it's literally like one game that will block perfectly no problems at all and then another game they'll just be like "Eh, i don't feel like blocking today
0: um (laughs) i don't know what
4: it is i really don't but um i i if if i had to choose or assume that one particular function or one particular unit would malfunction I, I have to say it would be the offensive line um yeah i just i could see them having a game where they they let Josh get get hit you know one too many times and a crucial turnover is now you know uh the the game loser or you know, your left tackle gets blown up on four, fin inches when you need to win the game. Like, who knows what could happen, you know? So, I don't know. I, I would say the offensive line, though. Okay.
2: That's not a bad pick.
0: T, what do you think? I say injuries. Um, we don't win the Super Bowl because of injuries. If, um, you know, although our team is healthy and they build that facility, you um, to ensure that, you know, we have top-notch trainers in the building. I just think if we're not healthy, we don't win. The healthiest team, you know, goes the furthest. And I don't know if we have injuries to Josh or injuries to, you know, like Diggs or whatever, we would make it, you know, further than when we need to. But yeah, definitely injuries. That's my concern, like injuries or COVID. That's the only thing that I fear when it comes to this team uh, wow, offensive okay. line and stuff like that. Yeah.
2: That's a confident answer. Okay. Jeremy, what do you got?
0: Um, I agree with both.
1: I agree too with injuries. Um, I'm going to assume that, you know, injuries is not an issue. Um, I probably would have went with O-line too, like Justice said, because again, look, if, when we go back to the AFC championship game, I mean the defense played terrible and the O-line was just bad and here we are we had the o-line we wanted and we're already shuffling it around so that tells me that we don't have the o-line that we initially set out to so that already makes me nervous and if we if a team like the titans whose defense isn't that great like on paper was kind of doing that to us for i mean i'll be honest it wasn't terrible but there was you know a lot of pressure in there that they're sending our way um I would, I would agree that you know when we play even better defensive lines, it's probably not going to look too pretty. But uh, to be different, I'll say um, defensive game plan. And I don't want to say just our defense because I think we have a good defense. I think we have players that when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, um, th- they do great. So we lose the Super Bowl because of uh, McDermott and Frazier's game plan and failed adjustments. And again, that also goes back to just this Tennessee game and uh, AFC championship game where, I mean, you just had uh, the chiefs two best weapons just making us look silly. And um, I could just, I could just kind of see that happening again.
2: Yeah. I think the the offensive line, I mean, I've been crying about the offensive line for a year now, but I think having Josh back there does cover up a lot of that. Even this past game, I still think the offense did enough to win the game. Could we have done better? Absolutely. And maybe it's better if the offensive line I, – I guess I don't want to say that they're my number one concern, but I'm certainly keeping an eye on that. I think right now my biggest concern is the defensive line being hit or miss. Yeah, we, we beat up on the the – the far inferior offensive lines of Miami and Houston. Well, the Tennessee line is very inferior too, but we couldn't get it done against them. But when we go up against a, a, a pretty good offensive line, um, what's that going to look like? I'm a little concerned about because that's what we spent all our resources. We didn't get a cornerback. We didn't get an offensive line in, in the interior. We chose to double up on these defensive ends. And right now the pass rush is is so inconsistent that that would be my biggest worry. Mm
4: -hmm. You know, Jeremy actually made a good point and I I don't necessarily agree that it would be the defensive game plan, but I do think that if team, you know, if they don't play complementary football, then it could be a problem for the defense specifically. Um, You know, I think if the the offense doesn't go out there and do what they do and score points, then that puts the defense in a compromising position because now they have to defend both the run and the pass. And obviously that's where you're most vulnerable. Right. Um, And then I think that also, you know, whenever our team is in a shootout, um, you know, our offense can be prone to, you know, maybe not being ready for the moment, particularly uh, whether it's somebody dropping the pass, getting blown up or, you know, a bad throw, um, you know, or, you know, well, I said drop pass already, but um, you know, that I think sometimes that moment, the pressure, um, you know, the clutch <laughs> factor, I guess is, is, you know, some type of vulnerability of our offense. And I think that if we're in a shootout, uh, because the defense couldn't perform well because the offense didn't get out to a fast start. I think that that could be a problem uh, that we might face if we were to, you know, play in the Super Bowl. against a really good team.
2: Yeah. We won those games last year. I mean, the shootouts with the defense didn't perform. Josh was able to carry us last year with mm-hmm. pretty much the same offensive line. I mean, we've switched up lately, but I, I'm not ready to say that it's better. Um, but you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles, as Bruce says, sometimes, you know, you get the bounces, you get the calls, one play here, one play there, a penalty. I mean, that's the difference in those games. And you never know. Like, I, I even s- still point to this day, yes, the Teron Johnson interception in that Ravens game was an amazing play. And it certainly, you know, made us all feel much better about our team. But if Teron Johnson doesn't get that pick in the Ravens score here, there's a really good chance that game goes the other way. So, I don't know. I there's no team is perfect as I said earlier. I don't think that any Super Bowl winning team has had no holes under roster or nothing to worry about. And we do have the easy schedule ahead of us, but when we get to that playoff stretch, it, it could be different. But that is all, all of the questions I have for you guys and lady. If you guys do you guys have anything for me?
4: I don't Who do you think we see in Super Bowl
2: events? (laughs) Justice is not writing it off yet. He's like, no, we're still in the Super Bowl. (laughs) I've I've been vacillating. Um, I think the Rams are good. Um, Dallas is. I mean, they always disappoint, so I'm not gonna say Dallas. But um, I don't know. And, And then of course the Bucks. But I'm gonna pick the Rams.
1: I'm curious. It's not, like I said, I've, I have always mentioned how I don't really pay attention to the other teams. But, I mean, are the Cardinals, like, the real deal? Or are they just, like, just a hot start that will probably sizzle? Or
4: anybody attest uh, to that? They, they look like they could be the real deal. Um, Obviously, last year they looked like the real deal. Uh, and then after they beat us, they, they fell kind off the of Clint. just fell off. Exactly. Uh, So I, I'm not sure if that's the case this year. But uh they definitely have the talent to be the real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh so we'll see what happens, you know, toward you know later in the season.
0: Is TJ Watts doing anything over there?
4: Or JJ Watts, I'm sorry. J. J. Watt. Um I don't think so. Yeah, he's playing, like a lot name. of percentage. Not statistically. Yeah, that's okay. That's He's playing people a say he, like, he's, I know he's playing a high percentage of snaps, so Yeah, they yeah, say he he's would, a great leader and everything else. So also.
0: okay, gotcha. <laughs> I'm kind of glad we didn't get him.
4: Yeah, he's got one sack
1: on the season, which mm. I'm sorry if you're paying a, a defensive end. Yep. How much that are they much paying? Money. Like over $15 million, mm-hmm. And he's on pace for three sacks on the
4: season. Yeah. Wow. They rated him at like 95 or something stupid in Madden. I was so pissed. That's such a glass-half-full
2: comment, Jeremy, because if he has a game out there next week and he gets two sacks, that doubles his total right
0: there. (laughs) That is
1: how math works. (laughs) Oh, my
0: gosh. I'm so happy they didn't go for him. I'm so happy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, well – T Estelle from Not Your Average Podcast in the 716. Why don't you tell us where we can find your podcast and your socials?
0: Um, You can find me on the Build Buffalo Network. I am also on Twitter as T Estelle, Not Your Average Podcast. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And I drop on Sundays and I go live on Thursdays. So you can check me there. Okay. Jeremy, where can we
2: find you and your brand new show? Which, by the way, is awesome. I, yes, I, it is.
0: I, I checked it out as well.
2: I enjoy... I've always enjoyed you. You've always been my guy. But I like Hansel as well. So you guys do a good job over there.
1: Thank you. Um, we're uh, Hansel and I, you can find him on Twitter at uh, Uber Hansen. Um, he does a lot of writing. He does rooting interests. He he also does some some pretty good articles about like uh, our upcoming opponents and kind of breaks down their team by... You know, offense defense special teams uh we were actually no longer part of the, the buffalo fanatics channel we kind of decided to Whoa. do our own thing um uh, yeah <laughs> i well, knew that so most yeah so <laughs> we we're doing our own thing now we've uh, got our own channel going and um we're actually gonna switch to a a two episode a week format so we were releasing stuff i think every saturday um but this week is like the first week of how i think it's going to come we're going to start doing like our reaction episodes um those will probably start those will probably come out on tuesdays where we react to the game you know assuming it's a sunday game and then we're gonna do a uh, a second episode later in the week probably it will come out on fridays which will be like our preview and so on so that's what it's gonna look like for the rest of the season and in the off season it might go back to once a week so yeah so you can find us um on right now it's just anchor and spotify uh working on the rest of them but you can definitely find us on spotify again that's the uh, process on tap podcast and uh, you can follow us on twitter too at process on tap so if you find us there we're always posting links and whatnot
2: yeah it's always good stuff jeremy is very witty and funny (laughs) and then he uh and then hansel tries to get more serious and stat driven but the two of them together work very well it's kind of like mike and mike but not really
1: no, Hansel absolutely like, tolerates what I do. He's totally fine with it, but uh, he definitely, um, <laughs> I guess, he comes off as the more serious one, but he's totally, like I said, he, he's totally cool with my like sarcasm and absurdity. And uh, I, w- I just want to say real quick, this is my first time recording or meeting with T, and it was awesome. Very nice to uh, collaborate with you for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Justice and Vince, always a pleasure, Vince. You're, I think you're awesome at bringing all this stuff together and your, your topic. So always fun to be on.
2: Ah oh, shucks. Well, thank you, man. I <laughs> I appreciate it. And last but not least, now Justice, take a breath. Tell us
4: where we can find you. Okay, so you can find me <laughs> J Seventeen right. MVP um, on Twitter. Um, I have first round by with my man Jake Jordan on Fridays. Armchair GMs with my man Ryan C on Tuesdays. Have time, no, I'm sorry, Home Field Advantage. <laughs> Home Field Advantage on Wednesdays with my man, Caveman. Um, and I think that's it. I, I could be wrong, but I, I might have another show out there I forgot about. But um, So I'm the sorry. The factor. Bit. Did I not mention the windshield no, factor? No, you did not. Your
0: main oh podcast? Oh, my God. No, you did not.
4: Wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. On uh, Tuesdays. Exactly. Thank you, T. I appreciate it. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. I, as always, Vince. Um, every time you know we collaborate, it's always a pleasure. You know, uh, obviously, me and Jeremy have collaborated before as well. Uh, it's great talking to him and um, T. Obviously, T knows. You know, knows I love T. So you know,
0: um, <laughs> listen, uh, I love being on anybody's podcast. So I just love just interacting with people, guys. You know, sometimes when you're a female, you don't get that that love back so i appreciate anytime anybody asks me to come on a podcast
4: of course that absolutely
0: man. i love having you on
4: a podcast T. Um, thank so you thank you um but this is vince's podcast so yes. thank you vince for inviting uh you know me and i'm sure all of us for the same um absolutely yeah i appreciate it
2: yeah hey thank you so much i appreciate you giving me a few moments of your time And uh, I am not strong enough to carry a podcast on my own. So I need great guests like you to make it work. So thank you so much. And uh, you guys all enjoy the rest of your night. Go Go Bills. Go
4: Bills. Go Bills.
2: All right, Bills Mafia, that's it. That is all I have for you after this bye week. I look forward to talking to you all next Monday after what should be a pretty easy Dolphins victory. Uh, Let's hope it's an easy one. Let's hope we can get back on track. This is the get well game that the doctor ordered. Until then, please be kind to everybody around you. Wear a mask, squeeze somebody close to you, and go Bills.
0: If you were not absolutely satisfied with this podcast episode, please contact your state senator or the postmaster general. Please be sure to mention, Vince Taylor said that you are a big fucking cry-ass. Here we are, I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. We're talking about our idiot podcaster. Who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So what does the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot Podcast.
1: Boy, I'm sure glad that's over with. Me
4: too. Yeah, but you know, I learned something today. Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's all, folks.
0: You're still here? It's over.
4: Go home. Go.